to another episode of Chili Time. Last week you heard my testimony, and this week you guys have the honor of listening to Dan's testimony. Yeah, so as most people know of me, I grew up in a Christian home. My dad was actually associate pastor at most of the churches that we have been at. And I just want to start off the bat by saying I am super blessed by growing up in a Christian household so that I knew who Christ was from a young age. I was just engulfed by the church, engulfed by um, Christianity, which I am so thankful for because I know for a lot of people, they, they don't get that. And so it's harder for them to then come to faith. So I, yeah, I just wanted to start off by saying that I'm super blessed that I grew up in a Christian household and that both my parents were really strong Christians. So I'm the youngest of four. It's four boys. I know poor, poor my mom. She was the only woman in the household until we got our female dog. But so it was a mixture of good and bad having three older brothers. Bad is that because I was youngest, I could easily get picked on or just wasn't like always taken seriously a lot of the times. Some positives were that I could kind of get away with a lot. Being the youngest, you know, your parents mostly focus on your older brothers and because they're like the guinea pigs and they're trying to figure out what they need to do with them so that you can just slide right through. And another great thing was that, you know, from each of our births, we were pastors' kids. Um, so two of my brothers were born in Pennsylvania. One was born in Ohio. I was born in Michigan. And so... At each of the states that we lived in, my dad was the associate pastor at a church that we were at. And so, you know, I don't remember the church in Michigan because I was two when we left. But then when we moved to Massachusetts, my dad became the associate pastor at the church that we got into. And so there was a, I don't remember how long it was after we started going there, but one of my brothers was approached by a woman um, saying how, like, you know, we as like us four boys should, you know, need to be, we need to be perfect because we're the pastor's kids. And, you know, it didn't really, I didn't really think of it that much then. But then later on, it started to affect what I started to share with my parents. So getting into middle school, I started to struggle with body image. That's a, you know, it's a common thing for girls to struggle with body image because, you know, you have like the hourglass figure that, you know, you're supposed to have, and that's supposed to be in uh, quotation marks. But even for guys, body body image is still a thing. You know, needing to be uh, strong, and you know, even in middle school, you know, feeling like you're overweight. Um, you know, you still get those like bad feelings that something's wrong with your body, that you're not um, fit enough, you're not good looking enough. And so I didn't tell my parents kind of what was going on. Um, you know, because I wanted to make them feel like everything was good, that I was putting off this good reputation or that I was always happy and, um, but obviously that wasn't the case. Um, and so this is where I feel like God really worked with me at a young age. My, one of my brothers, um, he would always kind of know when I was down and just not doing well, which was attributed to, um, my struggle with body image. And he would pull me into my uh, mom and dad's room. He would uh, like sit me down on their bed, and he would not let me go out until I told him what was going on. And it was really helpful. Like he forced it out of me, and you know I told him what I was struggling with. And I'm really thankful for him because 
he started to help me just to, you know, just to feel better about myself. And yeah, it started to change, um, you know, how I felt about my body. And, you know, I was a soccer player. And so, you know, I then was like, okay, well, you know, I can use my bare body to be more aggressive, you know. And so that was all thanks to him that he, you know, was able to help me to rethink my struggle with body image. And so, yeah, so I'm really grateful to God for placing my brother in my life. And, and then, you know, the whole thing with not wanting to tell my parents anything bad that was going on, um, then started to come up again once I really started to face temptations um, and trials. Um, it started in middle school and um, has just kept on going and going. It's, it's like the snowball effect. It started out with small things and then just slowly built up into something big. And I, I felt a lot of shame toward, like during that time. I knew what I was doing was wrong. You know, as growing up in a Christian household, I've read the Bible. I know, you know, the morals of how we should live and what is sinful and what is not sinful. And I knew what I was doing was sinful. Um, but at that time, it was just so hard because it just, it was something that I was just you know, doing. And I had no idea, like, I, don't, I didn't really know if I wanted to stop or how could I stop or what. And But during that time, I still believed in God. I still believed in Jesus, that he was my Lord and Savior, and believed that I had a real relationship with him. You know, even though I was really struggling uh, spiritually, mentally. And so from about seventh grade and then for the next five years, I started going to a Christian camp uh, called uh, Camp Squanto. And it was really like, it was a week long. It was an amazing time. It was such a, it was a spiritual high, which is like, you know, when you get on fire for Jesus and, you know, you're really excited, worshiping, singing songs, doing devotionals with your cabins, hearing the pastor of the week preach. Um, it was a great time. You know, I really, I felt closer to God in that time. But then when I got home, nothing changed. You know, and I know, you know, God can use camps in different ways. Obviously, like OJ, for you last week, you know, we heard how, you know, God really used your camp experience to really, like, not just give you a spiritual high, but to give you a spiritual change. You know, and that does happen, which is great. Um, for me, just where I was at, it was it was a spiritual high, not a, not a spiritual change. You know, I went on two different mission trips during high school. Those, again, those were just spiritual highs for me. You know, I was able to share my testimony with people. I was able to help bring people to Jesus. But again, it was just a spiritual high. It wasn't any, nothing was really changed in me. I still had the same love for Jesus. I still wanted to serve God. And so throughout all this time, it was really hard because as I said, I still believed in God, but my mind was torn between what I was doing and knowing it to be sinful to then, okay, but this is what God says. And this is what the Bible says. And throughout this entire time, I always held on to one verse. I never remembered what exactly the verse was. Um, it's uh, Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. 
you know, during this whole time of trial and temptations, I only remembered, like, you can't serve two masters, you're going to love one and hate the other. That's all I remembered of the verse. But even that was just, it was enough to really, every day, make me question what I was doing and to always kind of bring me back to God. You know, when you're going through a time of temptation and when you fall into that temptation, you do start to feel further away from God. I know I definitely did, but, you know, I would always have that verse in my mind being like, okay, but I, I love God and I, you know, I like this, but I can't live with both. And so, you know, a lot of times I questioned why I was on earth. If I was just going to be messing up over and over again, I didn't understand why I had to go through this. I don't know if you guys have seen It's a Wonderful Life, but there is a part near the end where after this time of hardship and losing a bank's money and having the police come after him, this guy wishes that he was never born so that none of this stuff would have happened to him. And honestly, that's part of what I was thinking at that point. I was like, God, like, what if I just wasn't born? You know, what would be different? I haven't really done anything spiritually. I haven't, like, impacted anyone, really. And so, yeah, you know, all this time of trial and temptation and shame just continued to build and build. You know, it's like as you, when you start a lie and you continue that lie, over time, the lie just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. You have to lie about more things. And that's kind of what was going on here, where my shame was just getting bigger and bigger because I had more kept in. I had more years of shame built up. And so that kind of brought me to senior year, where I was getting ready to go to Bible school in Costa Rica. I kind of had my life planned out and... It just got to a point where I didn't know if I wanted to live anymore. You know, things were really tough, and I all that shame just really built up. It was about five and a half to six years of shame built up at that point. So it was a lot. It was a lot for me to deal with. And again, I hadn't shared anything with anyone because... I, like, especially my parents, because I was like, I need to be perfect for them. You know, that was just in my mind. I need to not tell them, you know. And even my brothers, I was like, no, I can't tell them. You know, they're going to tell mom and dad then. And so, yeah, a um, little bit before going, I just, it all kind of came to one night, and I was just really just heartbroken. And, yeah, I was just ready to not live anymore. But, you know, God said no. Um, and, you know, I feel like I'm still here today because there are people that go through the same thing that I go through. And I want my life to be able to show them that there's hope. And so that's why I feel like I'm still here. And, yeah, my God saved me. And so the next couple of days, I went down to Costa Rica to Bible school down there. Um, shout out to Puerto Antorches. Just a quick plug, um, if you guys are listening and you're either thinking about taking like a gap year after college or if you're not in college, if you're thinking about taking a gap year and you want to study and learn more about God, in Costa Rica there is a Bible school called Puerta Antorchas. You should look it up. It's a great experience. 
and I totally recommend it for you guys. So, yeah, so going to Bible school, I really had no intention of sharing my true testimony, like what had been going on. You know, I was just going there to grow spiritually, to understand more um, biblical themes and just to more theology and to, yeah, just be able to understand better how to read scripture. But pretty quickly, like within the first week, God opened the door for me to um, share my full testimony. So it was, it was definitely scary and hard because it was my first time like having to admit to someone else what I had been dealing with. And so, you know, over time it slowly got easier and the shame little by little began to disappear. And that was an amazing thing. You know, I started to not feel as awful about myself because I was being able to understand and see what God was doing with me and how he was you know, shaping me to be who he wants me to be. And I really, like, I want to thank the male staff there. They were truly amazing in helping me to, you know, deal with what I was going through and not, um, like, shame me or, or not look at me differently for what I had done. Um, you know, in high school, I was always known as, like, the perfect Christian. And there's no such thing as a perfect Christian. You know, we are just people who know the bad we've done and know that we need Jesus to save ourselves from ourselves. And so I think that was one of the big things of why I never shared stuff with anyone because I would then be looked at as differently because people knew me in a certain way and I didn't want that to change. But the amazing thing about, you know, being at Bible school is that I was able to get help from people who just knew me as someone who wanted to grow my faith. Um, I didn't have this whole um, reputation built up. I just had me as a Christian wanting to grow my faith and wanting to grow my relationship with God. And so this was definitely a spiritual change for me. You know, it this time really helped me to change my heart, to change, to begin to change my desires. And, you know, we're supposed to die to our selfish, sinful, fleshly desires. And being there, I began to understand how to do that and began to do that. Yeah, and so, you know, it's nice to share your real testimony with people who can then help you to work through that. But, you know, you're only there for either a semester or two, and they're not going to be with you when you're home. And so I knew that shortly after I would have to talk to my parents. I would have to tell them um, what had been going on all those years. And so after my first semester in Costa Rica was over, my parents came down and we were going to travel the country. And, you know, I told them what was going on. I told them what had happened and... It was a really freeing moment. You know, most parents, they want the best for you. They want to, have, especially Christian parents, they want you to have a strong relationship with God. They want you to grow in your faith, to, you know, find a good Christian woman, have kids, teach them about Jesus. 
you know, have grandkids, teach them about Jesus. They want, you know, you to live a life for God. And obviously when your life hasn't been completely lived for God, it, it hurts. You know, it hurts both of you. But it was a really, it was really freeing. And it was a big step forward. Um, obviously, at that point, there was a lot of trust broken. But it made it, it made it a good beginning to build trust. Yeah, and so today I still kind of struggle with the same things. But what has really changed has been my attitude towards it. Before, I just thought it was something that I was going to struggle with for the rest of my life. There was no, no one to help me. There was no one to stay by my side. But, you know, I have my parents who know. My parents, they want what's best for me. They want God's plan for me. And they are willing to help me in whatever that means. You know, I, my brothers, they're there for me. And I know that. Coming to Gordon, it's been interesting. It's definitely, I feel like it's taken a hit spiritually because it's just it's a different environment than bible school um there's a lot more emphasis on academics but you know i've been able to connect with faculty and staff who are able to help me and you know point me in the right direction of who can i talk to and who can be a mentor towards me which is something i really appreciate you know and so throughout my life i've really i've had a lot of hills and a lot of valleys tons of valleys but you know looking back what I can see is where God was with me in each of those moments you know the reason why I never fully committed to my temptations too much like to what I was dealing with was because God was always with me he was always there inside me even though I might have not felt like it sometimes and you know that's that's something that I want to be able to share with other people, that even when we feel like God is not with us, he is. Yeah, and so moving forward, I'm, you know, obviously trying to continue my growth and, you know, not letting my temptations overcome me and not letting the struggles that I'm facing become what defines me. You know, what defines me is my creator, and my creator is God, and he is the one who you know, knit me in my mother's womb. He's the one who created um, my heart, you know, everything that I do. And um, I honestly won't be who I am if I don't live my life for him. And that's what I'm going to try and do for the rest of my life. No matter what happens, no matter what I face, I will always turn to God. Thank you, Dan, for sharing your testimony. I, I really love listening to testimonies because I think it's a beautiful thing to hear how God works in so many people's lives. And I just, you know, some of them, some testimonies, like you get a tear to your eye. And, you know, I just love listening to how God works his amazing ways in people's lives. So I have two questions for you. First one is, when do you think you fully accepted God into your life? And second one is, where are you now? Yeah, so, you know, growing up in a Christian household, you know, I accepted Christ when I was around four years old, I think. It was funny when I, you know, my parents were kind of talking to me about it and, and they were like, you know, we were going to start like you know, the prayer and I was praying and I was like, God, like, Jesus, can you come and visit my heart? And they were, my parents were like, 
do, do you want him to visit or to stay? And I'm like, uh, to stay. <laughs> so, you know, I, you know, when you become a Christian, you are not going to know everything. You're not going to have your entire faith figured out. So I do believe that I knew Christ at that age, that I, yeah, I knew who he was. I loved him. You know, I got baptized when I was 16. And that point, it was kind of a turning point of me making my faith sort of my own. And um, yeah, kind of being able to start figuring out like what I personally believed, like who I believe Christ is. And so I guess to answer like that question, I guess I knew like when I was four, that's when I knew Christ. Obviously my knowledge of him grew over time. And do I still, do I know the fullness of Christ now? No, I have no idea. I give 1% about Christ, you know, cause like, there's just so much we don't know. And there's so much I don't know about him, but yeah, I would say when I was four is when I really accepted Christ and knew who he was. Yeah. Where I am now, I think my time right now is greatly changed by my time in Costa Rica now, because I don't have really any shame about what happened. I'm able to be more open about it to people who can help me. Like right now, I'm talking with someone from Student Life who is looking at um, like people who um, have gone through the same thing as I have and um, can be like a mentor for me or someone to just talk with. So I think you know, right now I'm still in a maturing point and still you know working towards living a more godly life. I was told once that. You know, some things are just going to be a crutch for the rest of your life. And for me, this might be a crutch for the rest of my life. I don't know. But I know that each day I'm going to focus on God and what he wants me to make my life be. Yeah, so I'd say I'm in a growing, I'm in a growing time right now. Thank you, Dan, for sharing your testimony. And thank you, everyone who listened into it today. And we'll be back next week, Wednesday, for another episode of Chili Time. Yeah. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. And a big shout out to Dan for running Bible study and devos this past week for the track and field, guys. Have a great rest of your week.